everybody, it's me, Katiosaurus. Oh, hi, look, it's me, Higood. And welcome back to Infinite Quest. This is another episode. There you go. It sure is. In, biggity bangity. In this episode, we're going to talk about Eric and I's weirdly conflicting definition of the word burnout. Yeah, I was really I was really interested. I, I didn't expect that. You and I just I think know, of very I'm... different things when we think of ADHD burnout. Yeah, so we're going to talk about burnout in this episode, and we did want to just let you know that this conversation does get, like, a little vulnerable. We recorded this one live on Twitch, and people in the chat were, you know, kind of maybe having a rough time with some of it, so we just wanted to let you know that ahead of time. Uh, and we also wanted to let you know that we have a tour. Yes, there is a tour. That's the best segue I've ever made. <laughs> there is a tour happening. For dates, go to infinitequestpodcast.com and click on tour dates. We're going all over the place. We're going to the East Coast. We're going to Wisconsin. We're going to places. So check it out if you want, if you want to see if we're going to be near you. And that's it. Transition. Haha. -ha. You got there first? I did. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's me, Katiosaurus. Don't be funny. <laughs> it's me, you left what so much wrong? room sound. Yeah, so you could get a clear picture <laughs> along with our new editor, Jonathan Feldhaus, who we're super grateful for. Indeed. I was trying to make Jonathan's job easier, and right off the bat, I'm being personally attacked. Hey, Jonathan, Jonathan, if you're hearing this, you might have to subtract five seconds from all the, all the timestamps. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll let you know in the email that you're about to see after this. Anyways, hi, everybody. I'm Hey Good. That's Katiosaurus, and we're here to talk about ADHD. Deep burnout today. How do you feel about this topic, Katie? What emotions do you feel in your heart? Do you want the honest answer, like just right off the bat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to lie on the. I want you to make everything up. Um, no, of course I want the honest uh, answer. Uh, dread, anger, and resentment. Really, that is what I feel. Do you feel? I guess dread concerning what and resentment at what? Well, one dread that I have to continue sitting in this squeaky, squeaky chair. Yeah, I got WD-40 um, right here. Are this on the podcast? Yeah, here, this is ready, like the live let's... action. That's really good. Good yeah, job. Nailed it. You really it did totally good worked. It, it worked. It worked perfectly, too. Um, uh, uh, because I don't, I, it's such like a big topic, I think, is, is the first part, is that I just, I just genuinely don't I don't even know where to begin on this one that's what that's what I have to say yeah I guess too I'm I <sighs> all right when I think of burnout I also think I, I what immediately comes up for me is the concept of hyper focus and I hear from a lot of people and I suspect you do too that they think of hyperfocus as being like a bad thing because they think of it as sort of like a failure, a failure to continue like doing the thing. You know that they got hyperfocused on on a painting session or something like that, or or hyperfixated on painting in general or something, and then they burn out on it. They feel, and I I don't mean to just say them in general, but I I also feel this. Like it sometimes feels like a failure to like continue to do the thing. Cause if you have ADHD and you know you have ADHD, you've had it for a while, you start to notice the, the pattern of like, oh, I'll get really into something and then to completely not care about it anymore. And okay. I guess over the years, I try to like, I, I try to, I, I, I start to think that like the goal is just to finish or, or to do it for long periods of time, but I don't think that's the case. And so anyways, when I think of burnout, and like the, the anger that I feel when I get burnt out on stuff, it's, I guess, kind of concerning that. 
<laughs> There's a ukulele on the floor, Katie. There is. It's fine. <laughs> so, okay. Well, here's, here's the thing. I feel like we need to define what burnout means to us because yeah. I think, I, I think we're thinking about two different things. Really? Yes. Based on everything you just said, I think that, do I need to be closer? <laughs> I can't help it. I have a little wimpy voice. <laughs> it's okay. I have a wimpy, wimpy voice. Yeah. What is, what is, uh, what does burnout mean to you? Well, for me, like burnout is like over, is about overextension. It's mm. about like, I'm going to take on 57 different hobbies and 27 different activities and throw myself like heart and soul into like everything that I do. Um, and then ultimately become like exhausted and overworked and overspent and burnt out. That, that is what, because that is, that is chronically a problem in my life is the overcommitting and the overstretching myself and the like, I'm going to be involved in every activity. Take that. Ha 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 ha. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think well, cause you, you do a thing where your projects, and I don't want to say, I don't want to say your hyper focuses, but your the things that you're applying yourself to are very diverse. They're yeah. like all, all over the place. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, mine are generally more precise. Like, I'll go really hard on one project for, like, a week and then burn out from that. Whereas it's interesting, I think you burn out from just magnitude. I mean, not mag from from quantity, as well as magnitude. Which is not to say that the, your, the, the things that you do in one of our are, are, are smaller in magnitude than, you know, the one thing that I might have to focus on. But I, but I, just, I, I just think it's, well, it's interesting to bring up that your... The things that you group burnout from are, are diverse, I suppose. Yeah. Well, for me, like, burnout is different than getting bored of something. Hmm. I think that's, I think that's maybe, because to me, it sounds like you're talking about, like, hyper-focusing on, like, an activity or something until you're done with it. Yes? No. No. Not necessarily. I do think we're, we're, we're slightly talking about different things. Yeah, so. I feel like we're talking about different things. But so, Sorry, if you want to elaborate more on what you think well no like i'm just i guess like i'm just thinking about burnout more in terms of like just like the like the exhaustion of focus and attention and the stuff that you have to get done mm. and like for me my bad habit is that you know if my um god how do i put this you know if you're if you're looking at uh if you're looking at my ability to do stuff on like a line graph or something, there's like a point where it's like, okay, you should stop here. Like this is enough stuff. You've got enough going on. You don't need this extra stuff. But I go, but what if I went like five points past that mm. um, and just completely overstressed and overworked and overcommitted myself? And then, and so for me, like that's where like the burnout comes from. It's not like in conversation with like just like the amount of like energy and spoons that I spend just like existing every day it's less about like the one thing and it's more of like the everything does that make the sense yeah totally do, uh, I guess, do you think so when you say like you well up, you, you reach a point where you should stop but then you push you know five points past that do you think 
I don't want to. I don't want to put any like fault or blame on you, or make this sound like I'm accusing you of anything. But do you think you're? <laughs> do you, do you think you're noticing that you're hitting that limit and deciding to push past it, or do you think you haven't reached that limit yet, and you're like, no, I got more in me. I'm going to keep going. Um, both. I think that. I mean, because like. One of the things that I've started noticing about my ADHD is I've sort of like started like reflecting a little bit more is that I like if it's not a crisis, it's not going to get done. And so burnout is a really great way of artificially creating crisis because like if you keep yourself constantly stressed out all the time, then everything is a crisis. And so you can get everything done. Huh? Yeah. That's weirdly clever. Yeah. Do you think it's super unhealthy? It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't advocate for it. But, but it's very, it's very, um, it's very uh, useful in terms of like, like, like grad school. Like everybody goes, well, how did you get through grad school? And I'm like, oh, well, because while I was going through grad school, I was also running a separate theater company at night, and I was also in charge of all of the graphic design, and I was in charge of all of the program photography, and I ran the costume shop, and I made all of the costumes, and I directed three shows, and I was in every project that anybody did. Wow. That was my strategy of getting through grad school, was overcommitting myself so hard that everything was a crisis, so then I would get everything done. Wow. Like, that's how I did it. I mean, and that totally tracks with with certain studies done about ADHD and focus. If, if the stakes are higher, if there's more holy shit going on, yeah. you're more likely to be able to do the thing. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever seen, there's a TED Talk, I think the title is um, uh, Tips from a Master Procrastinator. And I remember I saw this TED Talk and I was like, I procrastinate? How come he gets a TED Talk? Like, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Solwerman, give me a TED Talk. Um, but he, he drew this analogy um, where he's like, the inside of a procrastinator's brain is, and you didn't specifically mention procrastination, but like, I think it ties in. Um, the inside of a procrastinator's brain He's like, it looks like this, and he show, he puts up this little image, and it's it's like a hastily drawn like like head, and then the, in the brain cavity there's a tree and a monkey, and he's like, it's very scientifically accurate, and then he gets a big laugh, and I was like, that was funny, um, and uh, he basically says this monkey is the instant gratification monkey. This monkey is what drives my brain the majority of the time. No matter what I have to do, this monkey is is generally at the helm. <laughs> and he says, however, as a deadline approaches, as I approach, like, I have the minimum possible amount of time to do the thing. Once the deadline is approaching and it's like, holy shit, and crunch time hits, he goes, then this guy comes out and there's like a big hastily drawn mark or a monster, like drawn in crayon with big teeth. And he's like, this is the panic monster. The monkey is terrified of the panic monster. So when the panic monster comes out, the monkey goes away, and the monkey, like, scurries up the tree. And he goes, now the panic monster is at, is at the helm, and this is when I do all of the things that I've ever done is in this panic monster mode. And I thought that was a really apt analogy, because I'm very much that way. It's like nothing... I can't, I can't reach the level of stimulation or interest in something until, like you said, until there's crisis. And so that totally, which tracks with, again, with tracks with a, a number of different studies about ADHD concerning performance and, um, and what, what is usually generally referred to as stress, but like how much stimulus has to be going on in order to perform at a certain level. And it sounds like the way that you did that was 
it worked, I guess. I mean, I mean, oh yeah, it was incredibly effective. It just resulted in massive burnout after the fact. You just kept, you just kept. I mean, you're keeping the the, the panic monster around, yeah, in order to get things done. I mean, I just it seems kept, like, yeah, like I just kept going until I couldn't anymore. You know what? What happened once you couldn't anymore? Like, what did that look like? This. <laughs> this <laughs> sitting cross-legged um, in a gamer chair. I mean. I mean, for me, like, burnout is weird because, like, it, it like, oh, boy, we're sp- we're going to get so podcast therapy for a second. But, yeah, like, please. my thing is, like, I, and I know <laughs> this about myself, so this isn't, like, a revelation, but, like, I invest my self-worth and my self-esteem and my satisfaction in being productive and, like, doing stuff. And, like, if I'm not doing stuff, then I am profoundly uncomfortable. And so in conversation with, like, but what if everything is a crisis all the time so I can get stuff done? That means that my the, the more crisis that is happening, the more stress, the more pressure that I put on myself, the more productive I am because that is, that's the thing. So it becomes a vicious cycle where when I get to the point of burnout, I'm not being productive and then I get upset and frustrated and angry at myself because like I could be doing so much more and I know that I can do more because I know what I am capable of doing in the moments where like the you know the panic monster shows up and so if I'm not at that level of work and investment all the time then I'm like well fuck so my solution to burnout is to find something else to burn myself out on. That's I just I just I just go from burnout to burnout. Huh? Is this is not healthy? I want to be very clear. Like I am not advocating for this. This is not like a solution I am putting forward. I am just in this moment being honest about my experience because I feel like so often we have these conversations. Uh, about like ADHD in terms of like the stuff that we can't do and like I'm the exact opposite like I am a high achieving person with ADHD and so if I'm not achieving highly that's where I start to flounder like like the profound uncomfortability of that's not even a word but like the profound feeling of of being uncomfortable when I'm not being actively productive is honestly, I would rather just be burned out all the time than have to sit in the feeling of not feeling like I'm being productive. Hmm. Huh. Are there any other things, are there any other circumstances, I suppose, that also cause that same kind of, I don't want to say like the panic monster thing, but are there any other things that have happened, any other circumstances that have caused you to be in that like go mode of productivity without having just an ungodly quantity of stuff on your plate? I genuinely don't understand the question. Oh, that was a very poorly worded question. No, it wasn't. It was a good question. I just, I just don't understand what you're getting at. Well, I, I guess I mean... I guess I mean, I, like, I totally understand the need to have a lot of stimulusy stuff going on, having right. just a massive quantity of it going right. on in order to get anything done. Um, but I think there's a healthier way of, of replicating those that sure without having to actually 
cram your plate full of every possible oh, project. And so, like, for me, having a deadline is really helpful to me. Like, it'll, even though, with you know, the stimulus then comes from the, the time that I have in order to get something done rather than the quantity of things that I have to get done. So I'm curious if, like, does working on a deadline get you into that same productivity mode? Does, you know, working in a loud place, have you found anything else that simulates in some ways that sense of, of immediacy? The answer is no, that's fine. I'm just genuinely curious. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons why I became a stage manager was because even if, like, I'm only doing one thing, there. I mean, it's the same with, like, the Renaissance Festival. It's one of the reasons why I love that job was because, technically speaking, the only thing I was doing that day was going to work, but going to work meant putting out sometimes literal actual fires all day long, dealing with small emergencies, minor emergencies, like that kind of thing, but in a way to where, like, I could sort of, like, amplify the stress quotient by deciding that like instead of saying okay well like none of these things are earth-shattering emergencies because like the juggler can't find the ball you know what like but like artificially creating that sort of like i have to solve all of these problems right now in this moment immediately made me more productive Hmm. but it still resulted resulted in massive amounts of burnout Hmm. because like i don't know what to do with myself if i'm not being productive and so like it's weird because sometimes i do take breaks like i said and i you know like we watch slings and arrows or like 30 rock or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's not like in those moments i'm like actively like panicking but i'm not as comfortable as i would be if i was like making something or like doing something Mm -hmm. or you know I mean, I do a lot of multitasking anyway, but mm. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea where I was going with that. No, I, I mean, I think that makes sense. Well, I, well, like, okay, so what about you, though? Because I feel like you have a very different relationship and, uh, um, like, a different relationship and reaction to burnout. Yeah, I, I, my burnout is, I guess, akin to... A mental exhaustion in some ways we're like nothing how do I say this <laughs> I at any given time I have an idea for a board game that I want to be working on I have an idea for a coffee store model that I want to be working on I have an idea for music that I want to write I have an idea for ways I want to arrange my house projects I want to do ways to organize my sock drawer like all of those things, you know, I think part of this, one of the effects of an ADHD brain being so uh, craving stimulus so always is I, I, I feel that I always try to squeeze as much stimulus out of everything that I possibly can, which is often very nice because I'll be at work doing, you know, a menial task which is really boring, but I need to squeeze every ounce of dopamine and interest out of this thing that I can. So I'll try to perfect my onion cutting technique or perfect the way, see how many cherry tomatoes I can cut at once. Like I have to just pull as much information out of the thing right. to, to just not be bored. And similarly, that's just how I, when I'm every, whenever I'm awake, I need to be extracting shit I find interesting out of stuff. And what that often leads to is having an immense amount of ideas that I want to pursue that I know I most, the vast majority of which I'm not going to be able to pursue. I'm likely not going to be able to, to, to make the board game and, and write the symphony and have a successful podcast and do all those things. Um, 
and the burnout comes from the enormity of that and I'll get like 5% done on, on one thing and I'll get some notes scribbled down on, on, on another thing, which is, which is satisfying. But then over the years, looking back, I have notebooks and notebooks and, and notebooks full of, of half ideas and projects that have been half finished. And so I'll, I'll just, I'll assume, I'll, what it generally looks like is I'll assume many projects. I'll start scribbling down ideas for something. I'll start brainstorming for something. Um, and the majority of them I forget. Um, so I'm constantly sort of losing them. I think I made a video about this a little while ago that um, people with ADHD are sometimes in like a constant state of mourning for all the things that they've forgotten. Yeah. Um, and so as I'm having ideas for, you know, oh, that would be an interesting shot for a movie. I should go out back and try to get it on my iPhone or whatever. All those little ideas that, that you know, I, that I come up with to try to just stay stimulated all the time. I'm aware that the majority of the, that at, at all times, those are going away. Those are yeah. falling off the boat and being left behind. And there's like a sense of mourning for that. And so after a while, if I have like, there'll be like a couple months where I'm just like, constantly just trying to think of projects and like trying to be not bored um then i'll sort of look back I, I think of it as like things falling off a boat you know so i'll look back in the wake of the boat and there are just ideas and projects just bobbing towards the horizon never to be seen again and that makes me really fucking sad and then i'm like why if i'm not gonna remember that i even started any of these things why would i and then i fucking burn out hard and then i'm like why would i ever do anything i'm just not gonna ever start anything your definition of burnout is so fundamentally different than mine that I'm having an ex like a genuinely like difficult time wrapping my head around. Well, uh, I think the which thing is okay. It's just really funny. Like I thought we were going to be talking about something completely different. Really? Well, how do you feel? Because I, I think both of our understandings of burnout have to do with revving really hard. Yeah. And then us just not being able to rev anymore. Yeah. And I, and I think. Well, like, well, I think my burnout comes not from not being able to rev anymore. Yeah. It comes from my frustration with the amount that I'm revving is clearly just all for naught. Got it. Why would I be yeah. thinking so hard all the time or, well, or if I'm just going to forget most of them or whatever? Well, you also, so I think a really interesting maybe way to get to the bottom of this, if we even need to, but it's like you, when you went to school for music... Yeah. Do you feel like you burned out on playing classical guitar? <sighs> or is like, is that how like, like it? Because like when huh. you when because like I think that's maybe the difference is like because I know your story and you've told me the story of like you know why you quit and to me that is my definition of burnout. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So why I quit sort of being... It's because you were burned out on it. Right. I mean, I, I guess. I, I see what you're saying. I think, so just for context, anybody listening to this episode, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, I went to the sporting school in high school for classical music. I played classical guitar and then quit music immediately after graduating. And my relationship to music has never quite been the same. Um, I I think when I, I quit classical guitar because well i mean for an, an enormity of reasons if, you know we listen to the music episode <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to remember some of them um but i think it was similar in that no amount of effort was going to be enough to do the thing that i felt was the only thing worth doing which is becoming excellent 
at guitar, <laughs> largely because of my ADHD. Yeah. I, I didn't think about it at the time, although I technically had been diagnosed. Yeah. I never thought about ADHD actually as a thing until a couple of years ago. Um, but I couldn't do the things that I needed to do. I couldn't, you know, if I sat in a chair and warmed up for an hour, I mean, my brain was... The analogy I always think of is, is like if you were to throw a shoe in a dryer, like I'm spinning around, yeah, and it gets unbalanced, it goes shoo, 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 shoo. It's like it, that's what it feels like when I have to sit and focus on a thing. Um, so often, unless it's something that really stimulates me, yeah. Um, but anyways, it just it just felt like I was again like the things falling off the boat. Like as I was learning new skills with with classical guitar, I wasn't practicing other ones because I forgot that I had to practice them and they would just fall off the ship. Yeah. And so after years of like ADHD swinging at this thing, I got pretty decent, but <clears throat> I knew that lifestyle wasn't one I could maintain. Um, nor and I didn't I like whether or not I wanted to maintain it was sort of secondary. I think. I, I mean, at the time, I thought. I really wanted to, but or, or, or I, I could, but I didn't want to. But looking back, I really wanted to, but I couldn't. Yeah, um, and that was weird. Um, but in what what ways do you think that that sort of burnout was is similar to your definition of burnout? Well, I think it's the the sort of quest for absolute perfection in all things. Mm. If you're not the best, it's not worth your time. Mm. Because that's the thing that like I really struggle with, like in terms of burnout, is like it's not just like I have to take on twelve different projects. It's like they have to be the best version of that project prod project or whatever thing that I'm trying to make the product. And if it's not, then like I'm a failure. And it's mm. taken me years to like even realize that like that's how I think about it. Um and then like and i've spent a lot more time working on it and i'm still not like in any way close to like solving that problem because i still feel that way um like and i think we talked about this a little bit on the first cooking episode but it's like if i'm gonna make chocolate chip cookies i expect those chocolate chip cookies to be the best chocolate chip cookies you've ever had in mm. your entire life and if they aren't then i'm a failure and it wasn't worth my time mm. And so then I think that's where like burnout can kind of start to like rear out that feeling of like, I've exhausted myself and I've spent all this time and for what, for nothing, except that the nothing is very sort of like subjective. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, cause it sounds like, so based on what you said, it sounds like some of your burnout, <coughs> excuse me, some of your burnout has to do with the quantity of projects. You know, you committed in grad school, you know, you committed to every project over here and you're also running shows after, you know, at night. Um, but then also each individual one of those projects you wanted to do perfectly had to be they had to be excellent. Yes. How much of your burnout do you think or how much which which of those do you think contributed more to your burnout? Both. The perfection yes. or, or the quantity? I mean, I can't separate the two. That's the thing for me. Like that's one hmm. of the hardest things is like even I mean I'm so burnt out right now. Like I like I know that I am. I'm like I'm really struggling with depression. I'm like dissociated like half the time. Like I'm just like I have no idea what's going on. Uh I'm just constantly losing track of time and dates and emails and obligations and all of that kind of stuff and it's because like I I know that I'm just like profoundly burned out. Mm -hmm. But if I stop the momentum goes away the interest wanes 
and all of a sudden, you know, oh, well, we don't have to do a podcast this week. Mm. I guess we could also skip next week. Mm. Like, you know, do we really need to do Tuesday and Thursday? And then, like, because that's the thing. It's like the minute that I give myself permission to, like, break, I'm not being productive and it's not perfect. So what's the point? Hmm. Healthy. <laughs> I'm sorry, sweetheart. For I mean, it's. I mean, it's fine. It's just like it's. That's that on being a burnt out gifted kid. Like, well, it's also. I mean, it. It brings me back to the uh, to the the notion, the idea, that the truth that ADHD is a disorder of regulation yeah. of our executive functions, and so it's kind of interesting that you're existing in a place where your uh, your uh, i guess your your energy and your mind and your 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 spoons um are being spent a lot and frequently doing many things very well might i add i don't know if that helps <laughs> but you're very good at stuff in general um and it doesn't seem like that's very regulated it seems like that's compulsive and it seems like per perhaps what you're worried about is if you were to break that streak of just going all the time in a frankly unregulated way that you would then unregulate in the opposite direction that all of a sudden you're not doing anything would become an unregulated unmitigated streak yeah so you can either be doing everything all the time but it, any break from that is a chance to slip over to the opposite where you're doing nothing ever yes and all or nothing thinking dog all or nothing thinking what do you think what do you think the middle zone there would look like for you? I'm not trying to to, to like uh, solve your problem. I'm just I'm just I'm trying to pick your brain a little bit, a little bit of that brain pain. I mean, I think it would. It, I mean, the answer is very simple. It's finding a balance. It's saying, okay, I don't have to spend. You know, I don't have to work 14 hours a day. Like that's silly. You don't have to. Except that, like. It's, it's weird because, like, one of the things that I really deal with, and this is, I think, like, a profound sort of, it's, like, symptomatic of my neurodiversity as a whole, but it's, like, if something works, it works for a reason, even if it's incredibly unhealthy. And so, like, in my head, I have worked so hard nonstop for almost two, like, well, like, a year and a half at this point on this. I have worked every single day. I have gotten maybe six hours of sleep if I'm lucky. Like, I'm working 12 to 14 hours a day every single day on this. And so, like, if I stop, that's different than what I've been doing before and what I'm do what I have been doing before is working because, like, I am, I am, I'm building this sort of, like, success and defining the success on my own terms. And so if I stop doing it and I change it, if I change the routine, if I change the pattern, if I change what I'm doing, then it's not going to work as good because what is a, what is working is what I'm doing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, that, I, yeah, like I you're know, I know tweaking the, the process. logic is incredibly stupid, well, but like that's like what my brain says. My like, I mean, it's the same thing where it's like factually I know that it probably does not make a single goddamn bit of difference if I post a video at like 10.30 or 11 every day. Like it's a half hour difference. But when I first started posting TikToks, I would post them every morning at like 
And so my brain says, you have to keep posting that video at 1030 or like your morning videos are going to be like a hit or whatever. Congratulations, you did it. You made it to the middle of the episode. Okay. I'm Whoopity so proud of you. <laughs> consider maybe having a glass of water, yeah. to, you know, to celebrate you this can, incredible you know, accomplishment. Maybe consider getting a pet goldfish, too. You could consider that. You could go to a carnival. You could win one. You could win one on you the hoop game. You could go to game. a, 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 Very a low pet store. Yeah. You could uh, get one from a wizard in a duel. You could also do that. Just make sure that you're going to take care of the little you guy. Gotta be, you got to take care of those little goldfishies. That's true. They can get really big if you give them a big big tank. Speaking of Dedicate all that. Dedicate a room in your house to your new goldfish. That's true. <laughs> we just made so many roommates mad. <laughs> Sorry, roommate. You have to leave. I have a goldfish, and I'm turning this whole room into an aquarium. But speaking of that, did you know that we have a Patreon? We do. It's called patreon.com slash infinite quest. If you want to come on over and help support the show... Help support us do things and stuff, and support help us... our dreams of owning a room-sized aquarium. That's right. That's that's actually what we've been spending all the money on that's is a giant aquarium. That's right. Not the tour, not our mission of advocacy and education, just secret room-sized aquarium. That's right. Well, in fact, dear listener, if you look under your seat, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not a goldfish. No, there's not goldfish seat. there, but that would be no. pretty crazy. Okay. Anyways, uh, back to the show. Also, send us pictures of your goldfish. Transition. So what I think I'm trying to say is that the burnout comes also partially from the maintenance of that system because structure is boring. Continuity is boring. Doing the same thing every day for my ADHD is exhaustingly boring. And it's almost, I think, more exhausting than just doing everything like sort of willy-nilly with no order because now not only am i burning myself out in terms of this like abject quest for perfectionism but also just trying to stick to that schedule because i do i'm not good with sticking to a schedule but sticking to a schedule is what is creating the success so it's become this very like like convoluted and knotted up sort of like weird logic system in my brain where I'm trying to do the same thing every day but what I'm trying to do is like achieve an unobtainable level of perfection while also sticking to the same like schedule which is also exhausting for my ADHD which is making everything worse and resulting in more burnout which is making me hold tighter to those structures etc 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 yeah I think This is me, again, not trying to generalize too much, but I, I think it's pretty common that the ADHD brain lacks or, or wants for structure and wants for executive functions so much that the thing, the external things that seem to provide that for us become super precious. It's almost like, it kind of feels like, you know, if you own a nice thing that you couldn't make yourself, you know, like, for example, if I... Yeah, I, I don't know or couldn't fix it if I broke a chair or something like that I could repair the chair right. if if like I don't have anything to eat I could throw something together with the stuff that I have but like if my car breaks down I have no idea how to fix cars Yeah. so the people who can fix cars or any circumstance that causes my car to be fixed right. is like magic and they're an extremely valuable I've, I'm so grateful to people who know how to fix cars because I can't do it so similarly 
anytime a structure is overlaid or anytime uh, uh, the question of what should I be doing right now is answered objectively and perhaps externally becomes really valuable because the, the question of should I be working right now, if the answer of maybe is a lot more difficult to think about than the answer of yes. Because if, if the answer is I sh should I be working right now, yes, that's much more simple than having to consider whether or not you should actually take a break. But similarly, and I, I experienced this problem, is should I be working right now, no, is, is I don't want to say similarly satisfying because they lead to very different things, you know, whether I end up working or end up not working. But they put my brain equally at rest because I don't have to decide. Does that make sense? It's, 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 it's kind of a, it's a strange That's, thing. I'm deeply interested. I mean, I'm fascinated by the fact that your brain tells you, no, you don't need to be working right now. Well, no, it's, it's not that my brain... <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> How do I learn that skill? Well, it's, it's sort of... I guess the question isn't necessarily, should I be working? It's, am I going to work right now? Um, and, for example, if I'm in a kitchen, if I'm, in a, I'm working in a professional kitchen... No task, no matter how disgusting or unpleasant, is something that I don't want to do. I don't care. Cleaning the toilets is the same as Julian onions, is the same as taking out the trash and cleaning the It doesn't matter. Because I know whatever the chef asks me to do is what I am to do. Right. And there's no mental weight on me to decide what I have to be doing right now. Somebody else tells me what to do. Right. This is a, perhaps a bit related to our spicy content. If you want to really go back and listen to the kink episode. Um, but the idea that I don't have to make that decision. Right. Um, similarly, like, you know, if I am really sick and can't go to work, I, sim I feel that same sense of, of ease because there's no decision to be made. I can't go to work because I'm sick. So the thing that's, that burns me out really hard is having to decide what to do with my time all the time. And it sounds like for you, perhaps, the idea of just, should I be working? Yes. Am I going to work? Yes. Like you don't have, it, 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 it rids you of the burden of having to decide what you're going to do all the time. You just, am I going to work? Yes, I am. And since we lack executive functions because we have ADHD, right. we know that once we start playing that game and trying to assemble our own priorities, we're just going to fucking spin it. I mean, I don't want to say we like I'm totally speaking for you. No, it's okay. But for me, once I know that once it enters my arena and I get to decide what I should be doing right now, should I be working or should I be taking a break, My I, that hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. It, it, it hurts a lot. Whereas I, I very much crave just... Yes, you should. This is what you are to do right now. And whether or not I enjoy the task or whatever is, is irrelevant at that point because I know that I'm doing, I'm spending my time in the way that I'm quote unquote supposed to be spending my time. So, do you know what? And I guess to turn this into a question, do you think your need to be constantly productive is in a way, how do I say this? Is, is your need to be constantly productive a way of you simplifying the question of what should I be doing right now? I mean, first off, I didn't come here to be personally attacked. Second <laughs> off, I think, yeah, but I think, like, I mean, I guess my answer is, like, probably. But I think it's also, like, I, it's tough because the overextension is also, like, it's not just should I be working right now because there's still, like, the choice of, like, you know, I've got five different sewing projects going on and like, I also want to like 
learn how to bake bread or like whatever the thing is you know what i mean so it's not just like oh i'm absolving myself of having to make a choice because then i have to choose like what am i going to work on but i think that's where like then like the structure comes in of like okay well it's what am i doing at 10 30 or 11 or like whatever but i don't i don't know like that part's harder to like honestly i don't know if i have an answer because like i think like maybe I'm using, I'm using the like number of things that I do to like sort of create a de facto schedule. So like, I just know where I'm going to be all the time because it's like, okay, I have this at two 30 and this at three, and this at three forty five, and this at four and this is double booked at four. So I'm going to have to line an email to, to, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't like, I, I don't know. Cause I guess like, I don't, I don't think about it in terms of choice. Like I joke a lot about like, you know, the like well I don't want to say it that way like I may I like I think I make like a lot of jokes about like being told what to do in, in terms of like a kink context because like I think you're right like the elimination of choice is often much simpler but even even in those spicy circumstances there's still part of me that's like but I am going to do the best fucking job at whatever the thing is and so like that mindset is still with me it's just eliminating the like what am I supposed to be doing right now so I don't know if it's like I don't know that was like 10 minutes of a non-answer I'm so sorry it was not 10 minutes nor was it a non-answer um, I, I well because I think I've, I'm also realizing I'm starting a lot of my talking with for me like I mean but I think but, that's important because I think like honestly like this is this is a thing where I think we actually have like we're agreeing with each other but i think we actually have like kind of different views on it yeah well i mean you work so fucking hard um which and i'm just as a just i'm saying that objectively kind of i'm not saying it's good or bad or what i'm just saying you do um and i think how, how do so much of my adhd burnout when i burn out when I just go, okay, enough of all the, Jesus, like I need to sit in a dark room and stare at a wall. Um, so much of that comes from me having to decide how to spend my time. Um, so a lot of the times when I don't do a thing, when I'm like, ooh, or you know, if I have an idea for like, oh dude, I could totally write, you know, a death metal song based on Rachmaninoff or something like that. I think this is a great idea. I think it's a great idea, it'd be excellent. Um, if I start, if I decide, okay, I'm going to write that in some weird way in my head, I feel like, oh, I'm setting the precedent now that I am going to work on the ideas that I have. And that sort of scares me because it's easier to just, to just be like, to just have an idea and go, well, fuck it. Like, nope, I'm just going to throw it away. than to set the precedent in my own brain that I'm capable of making the decision to work on it. Whereas if somebody just comes up and goes like, no, this is what you're doing now. Like I would happily do it though. But what if I decide for myself, I'm almost afraid of the control that I have. I'm afraid of like, oh shit. Like I have agency over how I spend my time. That's terrifying. And then I burn out on just all the possibilities that emerge from that. Like, oh, I could wake up really early tomorrow. I could, uh, and all of a sudden I like start constructing perfect versions of myself and it scares the fuck out of me. And it burns me out. So I'll like burning out for me is in, is, is related to 
the amount of things that I'm doing or the amount of time I spend being quote unquote productive. Um, but the friction and the heat comes from the weight of having to make so many decisions about how to spend my time. And I, and that really scares the shit out of me. Do you think that you are frightened by your own potential? Yeah. Our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, so we are powerful beyond all measure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and I think you have this too, and I think you, dear listener, have this as well with with something. Um, a lot of times, in the pursuit of perfection, you end up being pretty good. It ends up whatever the thing you're doing is ends up being pretty good by your standards, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like it's. I'm trying. It's almost like the, the the TikTok algorithm, occasionally just giving you like, here's a million views. Keep making keep making content. You know, like it'll give you that hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think generally people are pretty competent at, at like at least one thing everybody has something that they can do very well most people have you know multiple you know everybody's got a thing that they can do very well and in the pursuit of many projects doing many things and trying to do them all perfectly um every once in a while you'll get that dopamine hit of having done a thing and being like fuck that's really good that's excellent yeah um and that scares the shit out of me. yeah because then who knows what of those ideas that I'm constantly like forgetting? Who knows which of those ideas would have been an excellent final product if only I took the initiative to work on it or, or got it a bit earlier or whatever I'm getting down on myself for at the time. Um, and that is exhausting to me. The thought that like, holy sh- like I've done enough things and enough of them have turned out pretty good that any given thing I think of has the potential to actually be pretty good. And for that reason, whenever, when the ideas are coming in and then going out and coming in, there's this big revolving door of like, I should do this, no wait, this, no wait, this, no wait, this. Each one of those, it's, 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 the feeling is a feeling of mourning. It is as ideas fade from my memory, that could have been a massively awesome thing that is now fading away. So every idea that I have, I can either do it and, and, and engage with it in a real way and it'll turn out however it turns out, or I can leave it perfect and forget about it. And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that contributes to my burnout a lot. Just the idea that holy shit, if I could just if I could just grab onto any one of these fucking ideas and just goddamn do it, who knows what could happen? But I, I, I don't know, I, 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 but, but there's just so, they're just flowing in all the time. There's so many options for how you can spend your time and the things you can make and the people you can meet. And it's just the enormity of that, of all those possibilities. It makes my brain hot and it hurts. Yeah. So anyways, anytime somebody's like, cleaning toilets, that's what you should be doing right now. Or sweeping the thing, that's what you should be doing right now. Then it's like, cool, like it's not up to me. You know, whatever happens, it's not on me. Sure, I could be writing a symphony, right? But like, I'm not, and that's not my fault. It's, it's not on me, Yeah. you know? But then the agency of like, anyways. That makes sense. I guess constantly viewing the birth and death of ideas just over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't know if they just the feeling that 
comes from that. I, I think the feeling that I think that feeling is is related. It's one of the ingredients that leads to my burnout. Yeah. No, that makes that it's, makes total sense. I think is all the while there are things just sort of like coming into existence and then like dying in front of me. Yeah. It's like oh, I mean, in Boston times, I don't even get to see them die. I just don't know that they're they just I forget them. Yeah. You know, I probably had some idea this morning. I was like, oh my god, I should totally. I don't know, <laughs> whatever, try to build a, a hut out of the leaves out there, whatever. <laughs> but this, I don't know, they're just gone. Yeah. There's just, all, there's just a massive pile of dead ideas just lying around. It's interesting that you talk about, like, not starting to avoid that. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I think maybe that's, like, the difference between you and I, dear Eric is that I have never failed at anything I have tried. And I know that. Hmm. Like, I'm learning calculus at 2 o'clock in the morning now because I got mad that I can't do math, and so I've just decided to range learn math when I should be sleeping. I have a pile of math textbooks by my bed now. That's fucking weird, Eric. It's weird that I do that. But, like... And it, it, it sounds so self-indulgent to be like, I've I've really never failed at anything that I've tried. But like, I know that about myself. Like, I know that I'm adept. I know that I'm good at things. And I know that if I'm not good at things, using pure rage and spite, I will get good enough at the thing to like wrap my mind around it and understand it. And I think that is, I think like we're, we, like we have the exact opposite thing. Like rather than let anything go, I will do it. I will do it successfully. So I get that like, haha, ADHD, you will not take this idea from me and you will not take that idea from me and you will not take anything from me because I refuse. But my refusal is about the doing. But because I have to be perfect about it and because it has to be like the best thing, that is where my burnout comes from. Is that I refuse. Like, like I, I, I go the complete opposite direction. Other than hmm. not doing, I try and attempt to do every single one. Hmm. That's the difference between you and I, I think. I think I've worked that out. Yeah, well, another big one along that same vein, I think, is, you know, when you... Uh, so much of this episode I've just I've spent just trying not to compliment myself. Um, but when you realize that you were pretty smart, you know, in school, your response to that, I think was holy shit i'm really smart and like just good at stuff so if i just try really hard i could be a fucking god like i could be a successful this and that and the other and indeed you could and indeed you did whereas for me i realized like oh fuck like i'm pretty smart like this is this actually seems a lot easier for me than it is for everybody else that means i could try like 10 percent and still be fine that's what i did is i i was like oh okay that means I can do less and still be just the same as everybody else where you were like, Oh, if I try as hard as everybody else, I'm going to be a lot better than them <laughs> and then keep And then eventually you're working much harder than everybody else. But I think that that, that is a very fundamental, not divide, but, but difference between you and me. And I think we're both, I think we're both healthy for each other in a lot of ways. Like I try, I think I get you to relax more and to just be like, Hey, it's okay. Just let it go more. And you get me to, you know, do things. <laughs> I do think you're wrong about one thing. What's that? Is that I 
I never got to the point where I was like, and if I work really hard, I will be a fucking god. Because I never, I never get that good at anything. Because I'm always, I'm always going on to the next thing, and that's where I think, that's where I like, I implicitly understand what you're talking about. Because like, I, I'm very good at a lot of things, but I'm not great at anything, and I feel that pain a lot, and it's because my ADHD never let me choose. I always wanted to find the next thing. I was always going on to the next hyperfixation. So like, I like weird fact about me. I don't think we've talked about this before, but like, I love cake decorating. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm good at it. I'm not. I'm by no means great. And there's a big gap between being okay decorating cakes and being like amazing at it. But it's because like I never like I had the hyperfixation. I got good enough at it to like do the one good thing and then like I moved on. And so like for me, I never had that like, and if I keep working ultimately I will reach, you know, God level because everybody started expecting God level from me. Mm. And so if I delivered anything less than God level, if I, if I delivered anything less than perfection, then I would get in trouble or I would be, I would be disappointing or I would, I would let somebody down or whatever. And so because like I was so visibly good at things because I was so visibly like gifted in many different areas, the expectation began, became Kate will do it. Kate will pick up the slack. Kate will be the person who like, oh, you need a costume in a day, you call Kate. And because I also have problems saying no, which also contributes to burnout, like that became a whole expectation in my life. It's like, I never got to give myself permission to go, what if you just got great at this? Or like, whatever, because everybody around me also also saw it they all saw it they all recognized it they all noticed it and so the expectation just became kate will give and 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 give of herself and then that's where like the burnout comes from was was from that that the like i was burdened with glorious purpose in terms of like delivering on that expectation of being somebody who is oftentimes very visibly very skilled at things and that's really hard because it, it stops being about me and like my relationship to the thing it becomes my delivering for other people because I want them to like me hmm well I like you thanks I like, uh, you, I like you no matter what the things are or how productive you are or any of that stuff see you say that and my brain instantly goes he's lying hmm like, that's not true. Like, if I stop being productive, you wouldn't like me anymore. Now, fundamentally, I think that's probably not true. Like, I think you would probably still like me, but my brain says, like, if I, like, told you tomorrow that I didn't want to do the podcast anymore, like, you would hate me forever. Well, can I, can I, can I speak with Katie's brain for a second? Sure. Can you do that? Sure. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the episode. That's all of the episode. Eric shushed my brain. I'm cured. The <laughs> podcast is over. Thank you all for being here. I we don't no more podcasts. This is it. This what? is the end. Well, what am I supposed to do on Thursdays? Okay. 
I guess we'll keep the podcast. All right. Say bye now. Well, hey, as is now tradition, uh, we have some new Patreons to thank. Uh, and if you're like, hey, how do I get on into this sweet song action? All you got to do is you got to go to patreon.com slash infinite quest and uh, sign up at whatever level feels right for you. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then we put your name in a song, a song that goes a little something like this. going to change the chord progression. <laughs> it's just this. That's the only chord progression I know. Kathleen, you're super cool. And also, Chelsea, you are similarly cool. Oh, hey, look. It's ADHD everything. They got a podcast too. They're an ADHD Taco and they're really cool. Don't forget about Moira, which is a really fun word to say. Thank you, Moira and ADHD Everything and Chelsea and Kathleen for joining our Patreon. Can't forget this day. about Kathleen. here at infinite quest uh but hey from all of us we really appreciate you listening so until next week remember to uh, take a drink of water maybe uh take your meds maybe eat a snack but always be kind to yourself and remember to be kind to others and remember that we love you we'll see you next week bye, bye. bye.